when no one seems not no one seems worried, but when 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 it seems like everything's tickety boo, that's 90s. when I really worry. In the nineties, yeah. things were sort of. I mean, they weren't, you know, but they felt tickety boo. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's when I really worry because I'm. I think, well, that's too good to be true. What the fuck's gonna go? At the moment, everyone's like, this is fucked. Everything's fucking fucked. Which, which weird, which makes me just conversely somewhat optimistic. Hello, and welcome to Freelance Pod. My name's Chandrika Chakrabarti, and I'll be your host. Freelance Pod is all about how the internet has changed the world of work. On each episode, I'll speak to a guest about freelancing, side hustles, the gig economy, jobs that weren't possible before the internet, and how moving from an analogue to a digital age has revolutionised the way we work. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow Freelance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. So earlier this week, I sat down with Charlie Brooker and wrote a profile of him for New Statesman magazine. I'll put the link in the show notes. And obviously we talked about Bandersnatch, which uh, has been the choose-your-own-adventure on Netflix that everyone's been talking about. I also asked him for details on Black Mirror Season 5. Didn't get that many, but sometimes, you know, I think it's what he didn't say that gave it away. And we also delve into his memories of the 80s being recreated in Bandersnatch, the music, and um, how much his kids love the Alexa. So here you go. Enjoy. Oh, about China as in the, not the substance, not the thing that cups are made out of, but the the country. country. And is this the five star rating? Yeah. Do you want to start with that? So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Ten schools in China are giving pupils uniforms with chips that record the location. There's facial recognitions. They can't fall asleep in class. What about that? Are you scared? Yes. I mean, I haven't, I haven't read that much about it. I've read, I've lots and lots of people have sent me articles about that system in China yeah like it's like the world functions as a black mirror alert system for me where people just say have you seen this this is a bit black mirror isn't it yeah um and so I read one thing saying this is just like black mirror and then I read another article that said no it's not it's not come on everyone stop demonizing the Chinese it's not that sinister um and then so it, it certainly sounds sinister yeah sounds pretty sinister um, yeah, I would say it's uh, slightly terrifying. It's yeah. a bit like, I, I can't work out how terrifying it is um, because it's sort of happening over there on the other side of a hill. It's a bit like that. It's a bit like knowing that some something potentially horrifying is happening on the other side of a hill, which may make its way, should I only care about it when it's affecting me and my family? Or should I care about it on the... I, I don't know. I probably... It's come. It's coming, isn't it? It's coming. I mean... Yeah. Is it the worst thing China has to face at the moment? Probably probably not. Probably not. I mean, there's climate change. There's that. I mean, let's keep it light. But, like, you know, there's plenty of challenges in the world at the moment, aren't there? Um, yeah, it does seem like... A te- I mean, yes, you can... You, you could and can and people do use technology to keep people in line we sort of do it to ourselves generally it seems 
by which I mean we behave us. We we allow ourselves to be judged by everyone else. Anyway, I like that that social media has become a sort of a formalized way of of trying to gather your own sense of self worth in society, in in or your position in society, hasn't it? There's lots of sort of numbers, uh, cold hard numbers attached to it. It's sort of it's a bit weird. So we sort of. Can you imagine if the if there wasn't sort of if Twitter and Instagram and Facebook didn't exist and then suddenly the government forced us to all take part in it tomorrow? We'd be outraged. We'd be outraged. Similarly, if they gave us like Amazon Echo devices and said, "Here, put this in your house. Oh, it's all right. You can just ask it what the weather's like, and it'll play uh, it'll play Rihanna any time you want it to. It will record everything you're saying and doing." But I've got one. I bought one. Because, I? Yeah, because 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 I I but I literally bought one because I thought I should have that in my house because I it will help me think of Black Mirror ideas and lo and behold it did. Really? Yeah, because you just get observations very quickly that things that like on about day three. So I've got kids who are six and four years old, and they immediately took to this thing like a duck to water. Um, and you know they just amuse themselves by saying Alexa fart, and and she'll play like fart sounds and stuff like that. Um, Is she? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to try that. Well, I think it's a I think it's a skill that you have to. So somebody programmed this. And it's just so it, you only have yourself to blame. If you say Alexa play play fart sounds, there's like something on Spotify or like one of those services, an album of a thousand fart noises. This is the content I came here for. Thank you. Exactly. So they were doing that, but then very quickly. They started, so one day, uh, after we'd had it for about a week, uh, the, our four-year-old walked into the kitchen and went, Alexa, I mean, I mean, Daddy, where are my shoes? Um, and I thought, right, that's, that's my, I know what role I fulfil in your bloody life. And then we went on holiday, we went on holiday, and we went into a hotel room, and the kids walked in and went, Alexa! Alexa and I went there's no Alexa here and they went yeah I know I was just seeing if there was and so I was just saying it so I'd hear where she was if there was one dad and I thought all right fucking hell that's quite smart it is well because they're cleverer than me <laughs> <laughs> they just check it before a six-year-old watches like he's obsessed with uh you know he watches videos of Minecraft and Roblox and stuff like this and 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 he's obsessed with um you know, uh, and and he watches videos of people playing obscure Super Mario mods where they've modified levels and stuff like this. He sort of knows everything there is to know about Mario. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Do you want to make something that they can watch? Is that on your mind? Um, if, well, they can watch my stuff eventually. Yeah, exactly, but not <laughs> um, for quite a while. It would be nice. I mean, it would be good. It would be a challenge to do mm. a U-certificate. I mean, some are any of our episodes... Maybe hang the DJ. Well, there's a bit of sex in that. Yeah. Nose dive is. Oh no, there's a bit of swearing in that. Um, the breakdown at the end is very hard. To... There's a lot of and there's a lot of sweary and a woman with a knife. Um, hang the DJ is closest if you don't mind sex and bad language, basically. Um, God, that's depressing, isn't it? No, because I remember watching TV with your parents when you were a kid. There was always a couple of scenes you're like, why am I here with them? Um, True. 
always. So actually, mm. I think things have got better in that respect. Our six-year-old will not watch Doctor Who. Our four-year-old likes it. The six-year-old will not watch it because he's terrified of it. And he gets angry when you say, look, it's it's for the whole family. He goes, this is not a children's book. It's for grown-ups. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> mm. So he's got a while before he watches Black Mirror. Mm. Um, so with A Cheese Rain Adventure, is that something we could use in elections? Uh, if voters had seen how a Leave or Trump vote might have panned out. Oh, I see. Would they do something different? Uh, that's the fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, but then, that's... Um, uh, uh, possibly. Like a, like a VR headset that you have to put on and you ex- it boils down the next ten years as an experience you, like you that takes you two minutes to experience. So you see the ramifications of your decision. Um, I guess. I mean, they're already a choose-your-own-adventure, aren't they? Could you have scripted Elections. the last two years, even with all the twine and everything? No. No. <laughs> no. And it's been very odd, because obviously we've been very, very busy doing this. So I da- And because I haven't been doing the wipe shows, I've deliberately not been watching the news. Because why the fuck would I want to do that when I had to spend years watching it? So I've sort of deliberately not... And, and, and what's depressing is the news seems to be stuck... As well, it seems to be stuck in shit mode. I don't think that, that, that was the door. Um, it seems to be. Oh, it's the tea. Thank you very much. The news seems to be stuck in shit mode, doesn't it? It's like you just. It's just Brexit all day long, every day. It's just like Brexit deadlock. No one's happy. Everyone wants a way out of it, and there doesn't seem to be one. Constantly. It's just a joke. I've just kind of stopped listening. It's really nice not being in a newsroom actually, because I don't have to pretend to care now. Right. Well, I mean, it, what the problem is that you sort of have to care, but it's depressing, and also it sort of seems to be... It's like stuck in the mud, isn't it? I don't think any of it's happening. It's all I just I, rubbish. It, well, yes, I sort of hope... I hope we. I hope it all goes away out of sheer... We just get just sheer boredom. It'll be embarrassing for us as Thank a country, you. but I think we've been embarrassed enough. Yeah, although, the, I mean, the States is, is rivalling us for that, isn't it? Embarrassment, generally. Well, not embarrassment, but just like... It's pre- I mean, it's, it's, it's undeniably interesting what's going on in the States. No one mentioned it at the... What were the, the Globes the other night? No one mentioned it in the hosting. So I think people are a bit done. They're just like, he's a crazy, terrible man. He doesn't really stand for us. Let's wait until we get rid of him. Robert Miller will sort it. Right. Yeah, that's the hope. They've got a saviour. We don't have one. Juncker? Uh, yeah, no. No. Uh, no, we don't, do we? No. Someone will come along. Every once, what's that song? <laughs> a hero comes long and bloody hell. But who's that going to be? Oh, God, that's depressing. You were almost quite positive there for a second, so. Well, I sort of have had to, in a contrary way, when the world, I've said this before in, like, when the world, when no one seems, not no one seems worried, but when, when, when it seems like, everything's tickety-boo, that's when I really worry. In the 90s, things were sort of... I mean, they weren't, you know, but they felt tickety-boo. That's when I really worry, because I think, well, that's too good to be true. What the fuck's going to go... At the moment, everyone's like, this is fucked. Everything's fucking fucked, which, which which makes me just conversely somewhat optimistic, because... That makes me feel like, oh, so everyone's on the lookout and everyone's worried and everyone's engaged and everyone's thinking, so hopefully, collectively, we will actually sort this stuff out. The problem is then I get all complacent and go, oh, it'll be fine. And then next thing you know, I'll be 
standing on a patch of waste ground with a fucking rudimentary spear I've made out of a bit of battered old shopping trolley and a, some barbed wire with dog shit on it and I'm fucking stabbing like some alt-right android scorpion warrior in the face for in order to hold on to a bit of irradiated water I'm drinking out of an old Heinz tomato soup can. Um, that's the that's, it's a metalhead then. Like metalheads. Yeah. That's that's what twenty twenty three will consist of. <sighs> so anyway, I'll keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> so which of the previous Black Mirrors have the most in common with Bandersnatch? Playtest is one which is about games. Um, in a way, probably more than Bandersnatch is. And like, messing with someone's mind as well. Messing with someone's mind. White Bear also, obviously, the, the sort of the symbol from White Bear shows up a lot in Bandersnatch. And that was that came about, that was one of those nice little moments where, we, so we had the idea for Bandersnatch where, you know, the central conceit was you do a choose-your-own-adventure and you, the person you're, you're giving commands to, becomes aware that you are there basically so you are the problem in the story mm. um uh and and at, w- at one point early on i was trying to draw a flow chart and i drew a sort of thing that branched off to two th- and i thought oh hang on that looks like that's the symbol from white bear well we've got to incorporate that in the story um and it it seemed thematically right so actually there's a bit of stuff in there there's one branch he goes down where he sort of believes there was there was this he has a dream about this government conspiracy thing, program and control thing. The idea, no one, no one has noticed there was meant to be a thing in there that it says PACS on it, and there's a like a British lion symbol, which yes. is meant to be the thing that Jerome F. Davis saw in the past somewhere. That's PAX, which is this lion figure deep. Yeah, it's on the was, LSD thing. Yeah. Yes, so it was meant to be the the British lion was sort of what. Um, anyway. So that was that tied into White Bear, and that was sort of what that was all. Um, so it sort of nods at quite a few. And the ending where it's revealed as a film set, which is probably my favourite ending. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's Finn's favourite ending. Uh, like who was playing, who was playing Stefan. I think that's his favourite ending. He said the other day. Um, I do like that one because it's so stupid. Now, originally <laughs> that whole path, that whole fourth wall breaking Netflix path, originally that was a bit more hidden, mm. and you couldn't get to it. The idea was going to be you couldn't get to a first playthrough; it would be impossible. You'd have it would it would arrive as an option on your second playthrough, but we opened it up earlier on because we sort of it was so different to the other paths that we thought it was worth doing that. Um, uh, it, it can be it can slightly jar with people because it's such a tonal shift. So it it, it, it does slightly affect how some people I think react to the whole piece. It depends on whether they chose the symbol or. Netflix, if they had those choices at that point. Anyway, I again, I digress. Um, what did I even ask you? I asked you which of the previous members. That's fine. I think there's there are some shows at the moment where people are trying to take back control. So have you seen The Fix with Jimmy Carr? It's probably, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. That's which is on, on Netflix. Netflix. And it's like people solve problems and you've mm-hmm. got um, Ed Miliband's podcast, Reads to be Cheerful, which right. is like you get, you get him, a comedian in, and they say one policy which would change solve, the world yeah solve everything and there seems to be this kind of thing of giving people power to make things better it feels mm-hmm. like a bandersnatch we were torturing a guy who was already not super well 
Yes, although you know, you know what? He's not real. <laughs> and there's a there is an end, there's an ending where he gets a ni- nice closure. And he, I mean, yes, with his dad's severed head looking. Oh at no! Him. There's also what have you got? The train ending. Have you had yes. That so, that's so he a, ends up dead. Yeah, he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's at rest. So I've come on this black mirror. It's interesting. Some people have been like, "Well, why?" I just want an ending where his game gets five stars and he's happy. And you're like, yeah, but that would have been so. Fucking boy. No, you can't have it. You say you want it because you're coming at it from a... That's maybe from a I want to beat the game perspective. But really, it may well have been quite... Uh, maybe maybe we could have done that. Maybe we'll do an expansion pack. Um, was there anything that particularly informed your recreation of the 80s? Because there's something so... like I, I was born in the 80s, so I mm-hmm. don't... I like, unfortunately was born in the <laughs> You probably have real memories. What was influencing you when you were recreating? Well, it was a lot of it was my memories of it. David Slade, as well, the director, like remembers the eighties. I think he used to work briefly for Gremlin Graphics, which was a computer game company at the time. And so I, yeah, I was born in nineteen seventy one. So I was thirteen in nineteen eighty four. So you have proper memories. And 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 incidentally, the choice of nineteen eighty four was not really a nod to Orwell or anything like that. It was literally, I thought, well, the spectrum was. Created in 1982, hit it big in 1983. By 1984, people were making serious money. This was this was when the the sort of video game crash stuff was about to happen, where it all went tits up. So, um, so that was why it was set in '84. But I remember, like you know, going into W. H. Smith to look at computer games and stuff like that. So that was a weirdly emotional moment for me. Was going onto a going into our W. H. Smith that we built in Croydon. Yeah, it was really um, nice seeing the old logo in the back. I know it's like weird because you go into Smiths now and it's like a dystopian present. It's like it's just too neat and. Oh, oh no, the one in Ealing is like a fucking wasteland. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the, the ones in railway stations are still really well stocked, but the I one in Ealing, it was just a bit like, like, like people seem to just go in there for the post office. Yeah. Basically. But, um, uh, no, all of that I remember very, very well. And the, the days of loading games off a cassette tape, which would take like five, ten minutes on the spectrum with rubber keys. I remember all of that was very evocative for me because I'm a thousand years old and also I sort of it was it was we did want to deliberately we wanted to I thought well I, I've, I've often wanted to do something that was about retro gaming and I thought I don't want to make it like an American thing because I feel like I've seen that I feel like I hear a lot about the American 80s and tech sort of like, and I wanted to do something that was about the British games industry which was quirky and weird and a lot of those there were like young people who wrote games and often had and wrote them on their own and went mad or got terrible pressure on them and and but there were these weird quirky odd very british games where um a lot of the companies that were making a lot of the individuals and the companies that were making those are now like pillars of the video game establishment as it were so you can trace like because the like the grand theft auto games are written in scotland and there's i can see the same dna it would have been in spectrum games the same sort of weird idiosyncratic humor there's a there's a solid through line of all of that um and how about the music as well the there's music a, a song that you couldn't have made it without like um like sanji nipero so which one do you think is the like, relax or I really like the fact that you know what. So there's a bit where you get to choose an album. Yeah. And and to be honest, so so there's Tanning Dream, or there's you get to choose, which yes. I would say that's the best choice. Yes. And then it, the other one was going to be Kraftwerk, but we couldn't. They wouldn't let us clear it. It was going to be Radioactivity by Kraftwerk. We couldn't. 
clear it. That was even though those are not from the eighties, but those are albums. My dad had both of those albums. I remember listening to those yeah. a lot and thinking, "This is fucking weird." Yeah, we got like relax on there. We, we got like track. We want it again. It's a lot of uh, Tangerine Dream, obviously. Eurythmics in there. You've got a lot of British sort of yeah. synthy, and there's like making plans for Nigel, which again is not yes, yeah, not a song of the from the eighty four, but um, a lot of that stuff. It's again very evo- we So we wanted it to feel like a British early 80s mm. rather than so so we would be differentiated from like Stranger Things yeah. and things like that so it's it's I, and I don't think you see Britain of the early 80s often evoked in things I guess Pride did it I think there was once BBC4 did a sort of um, biopic of, of about Sir Clive Sinclair once uh, and and apart from that I don't think I've seen that sort of side of the 80s no. recreated for me it was like fun having like if you look carefully there's things there's early editions of Viz on Colin Rittman's table there's like copies of 2000 AD Stefan is at one point when he's on LSD laughing his head off and reading Bachelor Boys the young ones spin-off book that came out so those sorts of things as well were extremely evocative for me yeah mm. um, so in one of the endings when Colin's daughter turns up, mm-hmm. you were having fun with the newspaper front page and mm-hmm. the tickers and things. Mm-hmm. And there was something about the CEO of Smithereens mm-hmm. sitting in front of Parliament or Congress. Is mm-hmm. that is that a hint for an episode in season Might be. Of course you're not gonna get I wouldn't take any storyline hints from anything though. I would say that. There might be words and things like that in there, but like there's there's no I don't think there's any storyline hints. Hmm. So what does season five look like then? Uh, what can you tell me about it? I can say I can say very little, but I can say it's 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 a coming. It will be this year, so not too long to wait. And again, it's sort of different to other seasons, <laughs> and that's basically all I can say. Because <laughs> we've that. we've been very. You may have noticed we've got more and more secretive, which is why we we put this out like with very little warning. <laughs> How much have you got left to shoot? Have you still got to write stuff for season five? I'm, I, oh, we'd already started shooting before we did Bandersnatch. So it wasn't like we didn't pause season five to do Bandersnatch. We were, at one point we weren't sure, we were maybe going to have Bandersnatch be part of season five and then it made more sense to do it as its own standalone thing. So we've got other, other stories which we've, which are all complete. And, and then there's bits and bobs we've got to do on something else. (laughs) Hmm. Okay, well, thank you. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, that's, I have to be all really cagey about it. You do, you definitely do. This is more fun. So thanks to Charlie Bricker for talking to me about Bandersnatch and Black Mirror and all things that are technological and terrifying. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I'd love to hear from you. So please do follow Freelance Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join the Facebook group and you don't have to be a freelancer to get involved. If you enjoyed this episode of Freelance Pod, please do rate and review us. This helps other listeners find the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification every time there's a new episode of Freelance Pod. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.